it with me, John chapter 14, the book of John, or in the Gospel of John, and we'll read verses 1 up to verse 3. It's a very familiar book and uh, uh, familiar scriptures, and uh, the Lord is leading my heart to preach to you this morning. Amen? You already see it? If you can uh, stand together with me and read in respect to reading the Word of God, please. But if not, that will be fine. Now, the Bible says in John chapter 14, verses, we'll be reading verses 1 up to verse 3. The Bible says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Let's pray. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, thank you so much for the reading of thy word. I pray, Lord, that you bless thy message, bless thy word, O God, and use thy servant to be the channel of your blessing this morning. And use me, Lord, to be thy speaker. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. I will be preaching to you this morning, and I entitled my message, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled. As we see here, that, uh, as we notice in chapter 14, or every time that the Lord Jesus Christ and His disciples were having time together, He always and he keeps on explaining to them his primary mission here on earth. He keeps on telling them that his primary reason is to uh, carry that cross, and he'll be die, and he's going to shed his precious blood for the sins of the world, and he'll be die. Then after three days he will rose again. Then after that he will go back to heaven. So that is ministry. That's what the Bible says in the Bible that for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. But in the, the disciples had been in greatly distress at what Jesus said about leaving them. He knows exactly what's in their heart because we know that Christ is God. So every time that he will tell that to his disciples he noticed that they in their heart they were have trouble maybe they were thinking because they 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 saw the ministry of the lord jesus christ they they've been with them or the disciples with christ every or in more than three and a half years so they saw they saw the persecutions these these old people are mocking him so in their heart, they were probably, they were afraid because what will happen to them if Christ will go back to heaven? But he promised here, that is why in this chapter, Jesus gave them the very specific words of encouragement that though he will live, but not to abandon them completely. As we see here, uh, in John chapter 14, in verse uh, 16 and 17. The Bible says, And I will pray the Father, <clears throat> and he shall give you another 
comforter. So, that's an encouragement. And I will pray to the Father that He will give you another comforter that He may abide with you forever. Then in verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth whom the word cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye shall know him, for he dwelleth with you, and he shall be in you. So, <clears throat> a very word of encouragement that though he will going to go back to heaven, when he finished his work, and he keep on saying to his disciples, Let not your heart be troubled, because th there will be another comforter. Amen. And then, he keeps on explaining to them, he, You will continue the work, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, into Samaria, into the uttermost part of the earth. So, here, as we look in your Bible, open your Bible, chapter 14, in verse 12. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth in me, the works that I do, he shall do also, and greater works than this shall he do. So, he explaining to his people, to his disciples, Well, I will go back to heaven, and you will continue the work, and you will be witnesses unto me in, into, into the other part of the earth. Well, serving me, that will be a great privilege for you. As I do believe with all my heart, when we serve the Lord, it's a great privilege. Amen? Amen? It's a great privilege. When I got saved, that was September 7, 1996, when I accepted Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. And I was very, and I'm very thankful to the Lord. Imagine the population in our country, we have more than 120 million in population. And God found me and He saved me. And I'm preaching the gospel and I'm pastoring the church. And I was thinking about, I was the most privileged people in the world. Especially in my country. Yes, ministry is not so easy. But I do believe with all my heart, if the Lord is calling you, or giving you a task for the work of the Lord, that is a privilege. Amen? So here, he stated here, it will be a privilege for them to work for him. And not just a privilege, also, when they work for him, God will give them the power. As he stated here in Acts chapter 1 in verse 8. In Acts chapter 1 in verse 8, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in all Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. So he, say, he keep on saying them, let not your heart be troubled. You're going to serve me, that will be your privilege. And at the same time, when you work and do something for me, I'll give you power. Amen? Amen? Yeah. I'll give you power. When I surrender my life in the full-time ministry, I was in my first year in the Bible college. I didn't thought that God will calling me earlier than that because my plan and my prayer to the Lord is to finish my four years course in the Bible college and then start a church. But then I visited the town. I don't know people there. 
But the Lord, I feel that God is leading me. I know that the Lord is showing me souls that are not saved in that place. And I said, Lord, I know that you're calling me in the ministry there. But I don't know yet much about the Bible. I'm just in my first year in the, this Bible college. But if this... It, but if that's your will, I will go and start a church in that place. Then every weekend, Saturday and Sunday, spending my time there, knocking doors, passing gospel trucks, and he saved people in that, day, in that area. And I was rejoicing, and I know that, that, and I know that, that God is showing me His purpose in my life. And I said, Lord, and I said, Lord, give me souls that, that will going to help me in this ministry. Give me, a, give me a place that we can worship you. And also, Lord, provide the needs for a rent to an apartment. And the Lord provided everything, and He saves people. And by the grace of God, He established His work after three years. In just three years. It is not because of me. It is because of my God that keeps on empowering me every time that I step forward and do something for the Lord. Amen? That's what he said here. And I'll give you, and you shall receive power. And then it's not just that, and the Bible says, and greater work shall he do. So it means God wants us to accomplish something. So when you serve the Lord, it will be your privilege. And don't hesitate to move and do something for him because he's the one that will give you the power and everything that we need. Amen. God will provide it. Amen? Amen? So that's why he said to his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. Because when you serve me, it's your greatest privilege because you're serving your Savior. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. And at the same time, as we read the Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached, there are more than 3,000 souls got saved in one preaching. Imagine that. It is not because of Peter. It is because of the power of God in that place. Then after that, they continue to preach the word and there are more than 5,000 God saved. And then he establishes church. That's why they call the church first Christian first in Antioch. Because of the power of God. Amen? And then number three, not just a privilege, but also a power to do something when they do something for the Lord. It's stated also in John chapter 14, in verse 13. He said here, in John chapter 14, and in verse 13, he says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may glorify in the Son, if ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. That was God's promise. Amen? 
You know, serving the Lord is not so easy. Sometimes when you committed your life in a certain ministry, have you ever observed that sometimes you, there's a lot of discouragement, there's a lot of oppositions, right? Because the devil don't want you to go on and do something for the Lord. But here's the thing. He says in, that every time you pray, he will answer. Privilege and power and prayer to be answered. Amen? When I was there in my first year in my Bible college, and I said, Lord, yeah, I know that he's calling me, but I don't have support. How can I, how can I rent a place for worship service? Then we keep on praying, we keep on praying, and then a man of God came over and said, I know that you're in need for paying the rent. God sent that man to me personally to pay for my rent and use that house as a worship service. Then I said, Lord, I'm not a missionary. I'm not a missionary and we don't have money to buy a property. Then the Lord led me to come over in your country. He gave me opportunity to study in the Marietta Bible College to further my knowledge in the Bible. And to travel anywhere here in your country and present my ministry. And the Lord provided the piece of land in the church because he always answers prayer amen so that's the encouragement to his disciples let not your heart be troubled that's why he said if ye believe in god believe also in me amen church believe in me that's what he said and another thing that really encouraged me that he says he's in verse 2, that in my father's house are many mansions. Are many mansions. It means that he's talking to his disciples. They have their personal relationship to, his, to these people. And he knows that his people will go to heaven. Where they're heavenly people. And what an encouraging word. Amen. Let not your heart be troubled. In my father's house are many mansions. Yes, Christians, yes, people. At the moment that you accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you are now a citizen in heaven. As I remember the song, This world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? Amen? What an encouraging word for his disciples that he will go to heaven and prepare a place for them. I've been in the ministry for 21 years now, pastoring the same church. The same time involved in church planting. That I should say ministry is not easy. Very tiring. But I will assure you it's very rewarding. Especially when you, souls, when you see people coming in 
kneeling and accepting Christ as their Lord and personal Savior. Tiring is but it's very rewarding. Sometimes you get exhausted. Discouragement will come. And sometimes it's very hard for you to get up and to continue. But you know, that every time that I look up and see how beautiful heaven is, and in there I have a place that is personally my Savior preparing for me, and then, oh boy, I'll get up again and continue what as God want me to do. Because there is a there is heaven heaven that is waiting for me. And I know that is a very beautiful place. I don't deserve here heaven. I don't deserve it because I am a sinner. I'm just saved by his grace. But imagine he's preparing that place for me. Amen. Is preparing that place for me. So what an encouragement. It's just like heaven. Oh, he is not just promised heaven for us. But I want you to see the second verse. Or the second verse, the Bible says that he, he told to his disciples. In my father's house are many mansions. And if were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm thinking about that. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, when you're preparing for something, normally what part of the body do you use? Of course, your hand, right? Now, I'm thinking about it. When the Lord created the earth and everything that, has, that is in here, when he said, let there be light, and there was light. Right? Just he told it from his word. But in the book of Genesis, when he created Edom, what's the Bible says? And he formed the dust of the ground. I'm thinking about the mighty hand of my creator. That who created me is very special. That man being his masterpiece. Because he, he, we were not created through his word. But he made, I believe, his, through his hands. How beautiful is the hand of Christ. Amen? How great is the hand of God. I'm thinking about that in that what she said. That in, I got to prepare a place for you. Imagine that. He's not just saved you and washed you through his precious blood. Now you are citizens in heaven. Now heaven is waiting for you. Now and he's preparing a place for you. So therefore, every detail of your mansion is heaven. He was the designer or he is the designer. He is the architect. And everything that is in there, it was my, Christ, my Christ, my Savior, preparing that place for me. Imagine that every detail of your mansions there, that great hand is working. 
so that when you so that when he said well done my good and faithful servant come now enjoy your heaven that I your mansion that I already prepared for you what an encouragement that there is a hand that is working for your place in heaven and a hand that is continuously working with you while you are serving here on earth. Amen? Now my, my question is, are you still, do you still feel the hands of God that is continuously reaching you out when you are discouraged? It was the same hand that lifted you up when you are in that scene. Just like what he did to Peter. When the Peter said, Lord, save me, immediately he was there to lift him up. And that was September 7, 1996, when I realized that I am a sinner. Then I needed a Savior. When I said to the Lord, Lord, save me, and that was the hands that lifted me up. And that was the hand that changed my life. That was the hand that gave me visions and another visions and visions and visions and put me into the right place. And I have no regret that I reach out, I reach out that hand for my salvation and for my service to the Lord. Amen? So let not your heart be troubled. I, know, I don't know your situation today. Maybe you're tired of serving him, exhausted. Always remember that home for you that is waiting in heaven, Christ is preparing it personally for you. Amen? Then last, we'll go to the last. And he said here in verse 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, what he, what's the next word? I will come again. Church, that's our hope. Amen. We have a written, risen Savior, went up to heaven, and He promised that He will come again for His church. Amen. And that is our hope. As what the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, or chapter 9, chapter 1, verse 9, the Bible says, And when He had spoken these things, why they behold, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, and also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up unto heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from heaven, shall come in like manner as ye have seen go in heaven. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. You know, church, Christ's return is means so much in our life because it is our hope. Because it is our hope. But while we are waiting for this event, this great event, means, it doesn't mean that we are just sitting here waiting for the coming of the Lord. You know, church, September 7, when me and my wife, we were packing our things,
to go here in the United States. Our kids, Precious Grace and Emmanuel John, they were crying. And they said, Lord, Daddy and Mommy, we don't want you to come, to go there in the United States. We're going to miss you. We'll be afraid. Just, just the two of us here. Don't go, please. That's what they kept on saying to us. And I said to my kids, but Daddy needs to go to the United States. Daddy and Mommy need to go to the United States and give update of the ministry. And we are starting our six years. We need to present the needs so that when we go back, we will build the church. We will buy the property and build the church. But still, they don't want us to go here. But when I told to my son, but daddy and mommy promised that we will go back before Christmas. Then, they'll start rejoicing and said, yeah, daddy and mommy will come before Christmas with us. And to be with them before Christmas. So that's give comfort to my son, to my, to my daughter, Precious Grace. Then what, this is what I said to them. Okay, is that the case? So daddy and mommy will go back to the States. You will stay here. But do what God wants you to do here. Practice choir, go to school, and do everything that you need to do here. And daddy and mommy will be busy visiting churches in the United States presenting our ministry. Then we're looking forward on that day to be with my children. Just like the same thing with us, church. When he promised that he, but when that ascension happened, go back to heaven, and he's now busy preparing a place for us in heaven, right? So while we are waiting for his coming, it means that God has not done yet in our life here on earth. We are still here, folks. We are not yet there. Amen? It means that there is still a ministry that God wants us to do here. And He wants you to be faithful. Amen? He wants us to be faithful. And this church needs you. Amen? This church needs you. It is not accident that the Lord brought you here. The Lord brought you here to worship Him and at the same time to grow through into His Word and to be part of this ministry. Amen? The pastor needs you, church. I surrendered my life. I was just 21 years old. But, but did you know how God used people in my life? Older people that is tapping my back when I was very exhausted. And he said, you can go on, pastor. We will support you. Any ministry that you want to do, we, we, we are here. Because we want to uh, establish a ministry here. There are people in my church pushing me when I was, I was tired. Helping me to accomplish ministry. Just there are people in my church committed and faithful to the Lord, helping their pastor. That's why we are accomplishing, by the grace of God, His work in the Philippines. Church, your pastor needs you. He needs a man or woman that is stopping his back when he got discouraged. 
Amen? He need people that will support the ministry. There's still a lot of souls that we need to reach for Christ. We are not home yet. So it means we need to stay in our course while we are waiting for that great event. Thank you, and God bless you, Pastor.